This is episode number 583 of the Inner Fight Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Inner Fight Podcast. Shout out to our show sponsors, Smith Street Paleo, as always. Thanks a lot for their support. You guys can go and check them out, smithstreetpaleo.com. Get involved, meal plans, recipes, and there is a lot, and I sell this every week, a lot of seriously good tasting desserts that are not loaded with processed sugar. And actually, as long as you eat them controlly, will not make you obese. Go and check them out. Send them an email. Hello at Smith Street Paleo. They'd absolutely love to hear from you. I'm back. This is the Sunday show. We've taken it back off the Rung Strong guys. I really hope you've enjoyed watching and listening to their show over the last eight or nine weeks. I think it's been so far. They've done a great job with that. They've now gone out on their own. You can search them in iTunes. They've got their own show, everything on their own, and it's going to sit on their platform. So we're back with the Sunday show. I want to kick it off. This one is actually a replay of a show that I was on recently. Brian Keane, who's been on the show, and who's actually, his show is coming out on of me interviewing him is coming out this Thursday. I was on his show last week, so you actually get a whole week of me talking to him and him talking to me, interviewing, talking, asking questions. There's a lot of talking. We did the shows actually back-to-back, as he says in the intro of this show. So I'm going to play this one out for this week's show. This is 583, no matter where you are in the world. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I really hope you enjoy the show, and if you do, please just share it with someone that you think it may help. Thanks a lot, guys. Catch you next time. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is a very special episode because I'm with one of my favorite people on the planet who's a fucking nutcase <laughs> and we're sitting in a hotel room in Dubai. A hotel room? That sounds really creepy. In a, roo- <laughs> in a room in Dubai uh, recording this face-to-face in between my talks at the MeFit conference. Marcus, welcome back to the podcast. Brian, mate, you made it sound really sus that we're, we're in a dodgy hotel room. We're actually in one of the nicest hotel rooms that you'll ever be or the <laughs> nicest part of a hotel. Mate, thank you so much and mate, good to see you here in Dubai. Mate, it's awesome. Uh, I want to jump in because there's a couple of topics I want to touch on today and for those who follow my instagram you know marcus and his podcast the inner fight podcast which i've been on twice and was on earlier again today so three times i think three times the trend yeah uh, one of my favorite podcasts and one of my favorite people marcus your stuff and your content for stop being a pussy and get your shit done <laughs> uh, for the lack of a better term so let's talk about kenya before we get on yeah. to anything else, talk about Kenya, running away from lions and tigers. Yeah, How did that, that go? was a crazy one, mate. Well, as, as you know, Brian, and as a lot of people might know, the Beyond the Ultimate, which you guys did, which you did, the Arctic race, they do three other races. They yeah. do the jungle in the Amazon. They do one which is happening somewhere around now, if it hasn't happened, in a desert in Namibia. Yeah. Shameless plugs here for these guys, but they're actually a really good setup. Got so, you covered, Chris. Uh, yeah, exactly, isn't it? I don't mind giving, giving them a plug. And one of the races they do is in Kenya. So 230K, mate, five days, self-supported, through conservancies in Kenya. So it's out in a place called the Lewa. It starts in Lewa, which is about, well, it was about a eight-hour, nine-hour bus ride from Nairobi, which bus rides in these parts of the world are, is always quite good fun. Yeah. Should probably only take about three hours. And actually, I'll jump to the end, but we flew yeah. back because we didn't want to get on the bus for nine or ten hours on the way back. So we actually booked a flight. Yeah. And, mate, yeah, it, it's just it's another one of these ultra races. So you've got everything that you need in a bag, on your backpack, and your you're, you're on your own, mate. You've got dehydrated food. But what made Kenya quite special is we're running through the conservancies, which no man can really, no member of the public can just go and get through. So we ran 230K past, didn't see any lions, but rhinos, baboons, giraffes, m- elephants, 
had a lion in camp one night, had a hyena in the camp one night. Mate, unbelievable experience. That is class. And talk us through, because I'm going to jump, I, I want to cover a lot of mindset, mindset stuff today just because every time we talk, either on podcast or off the podcast, yeah. I always come away feeling, Jesus Christ, I need to toughen the fuck up. <laughs> and, <laughs> You're doing all right. And I'm curious, the, what, what have you got this weekend coming up? So yeah, this weekend, I'm going to run around a 400 meter track for 24 hours and try and run. And this is quite good accountability, even though the show might not be out by the time of the weekend. If everyone goes over to my social media afterwards and I haven't run what I said I'm going to run, then I'm going to look like an idiot. Yeah. So I'm going to run, my target is to run 201 kilometers in 24 hours, which for those that might be thinking, wow, that sounds crazy. What's the world record? The world record is actually quite a lot more than that, mate. I think it's about 250 or something like that. So you literally, to put it in a little bit of context, the 400 meter track that you run around at school, I'm going to run around it over 500 times in 24 hours. That's mental. I've done it once. I've done, not 24 hours. I've run a marathon. My fifth marathon of the 30 marathons in 30 days last year, I ran around the track. And it's now, mate, you'll love this. It's part of, it's a workout. We use an app called Training Peaks for our clients. And you have workout, you have a library for your workouts. And we call it the 105 by 400 diet. <laughs> so if you're an ultra athlete with us which you've been kind enough to send us a lot of people that have contacted your show that want to train for marathon disable or anything like that we do we do a lot of that you can expect to see the 105 by 400 diet in your training peaks at least once in your time with us because we just believe it's one of the best methods to get people ready for what you might go through in these races. I love it. And for, just to give context, anyone that ever asked me about ultra-endurance events, as Marcus said, that's, it's you and your team that I send people to. Yeah. Um, just because I, it's very important to me that I've got a name and a brand and a company that I'm like, if I'm putting my name to this, yeah. people are going to get looked after. And yeah. every time I send someone and they come through, they're like, yeah, they're like, that was the right person or the right team. Yeah, like, it's yeah. Cool. I was like, I know. And, man, it's actually quite good. You've, you've got some, some incredible people listening to your show. One, one, one gentleman that you referred to as is got very aggressive plans for the 2020 Marathon de Sable. Wants to, and it started, I'm not sure where we've got to. It was like top 100 and then top 50. And yeah, so Shit. that super nice guy that I've just recently started working with and has like a sub three-hour marathon already. So some super talented people listening to this show. Keep it up, guys. Yeah, yeah. And for those of you that aren't into the world ultra endurance, I'm like, <laughs> I, I totally get why. <laughs> like yeah. as someone that, that runs and dislikes it, immensely yeah. Marcus let's scale it back a little bit because we did a podcast earlier on today where I was on your show yeah um, so I'm going to be pumping that up on my or pushing that out on my podcast for those listening as a bonus episode and something we touched on there was mental toughness something yeah. that I've spoken on my podcast and on yours that I struggled with yeah. and building that talk me through because I've never asked you this <laughs> just to give context everybody listening Marcus is one of my go-to people when it comes to this is what I need to go into Marcus mode when I'm running an ultra marathon <laughs> you know people have David Goggins another person I've, I really respect and admire but Marcus you are my go-to person because obviously you, of our friendship and just the way you approach it it's just something I connect with heavily yeah talk us through how does one and I'm going to talk in the separate introduction about some of the things you've done yeah. like I wanted to tee up Kenya and the 24-hour race just to give people context yeah how the fuck do you build a mindset like yours Mate, I think it's, to me, it's a lot of the small things that everyone takes for granted. And it doesn't mean that your day has to be full of stuff that 
is super hard or testing, but in your training, like let's take, for example, I'm training for the 24-hour run. So I look at it and I'm like, well, what, what's going to be the biggest challenge around that? And one of the things that I identified was running in the middle of the night. I don't really like running in the middle of the night, mate. So my answer, then I look at it and I go, okay, it's going to be the middle of the night because I'm running for 24 hours. So I'm going to experience that. So what do I need to do? I need to train that because I, I, I've identified that as my weakness. So what have I been doing the last few weeks? I've been waking up at 2 a.m. When I've only been in bed for, you know, I get to bed about 8.30, 9 o'clock latest every night. So I've only really been in bed for like five or six hours. I'll do it not like I won't do it after I've had a really good sleep the night before. So it's not any, in any way like, oh, okay, it's okay to sleep a little bit. But you wake up at 2 a.m. You really like you don't. The last thing you want to do is go for a run. You know, you really don't. But that's the time and that's the training that will get me ready for when I'm going to be it's going to be 2 or 3 a.m. during the 24 hours that I'm like well I've done this before I've been here before similar things is like I, I commute a little bit back and forward or I have been commuting back and forward to work I was just talking about it uh, with Tom at, at lunch there you know he said oh my coach who's one of the guys that works for me <laughs> my coach has been asking me to commute home and I said, mate, I'll break it down for you. And he you. means commute running just for everybody <laughs> listening because like, that's not even an option for people in Ireland. They're like, I'm not fucking doing that. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Anyway, it's just- so it's like, yeah, you're gonna, you want to run home. Now, mate, the first five to ten minutes of that run home, for me, for you, for everyone, is pretty miserable. We're under what we basically use. We've got brain fatigue, cognitive fatigue. We're not ready for it. Like a lot of people, I think a lot of people that are into your show, definitely that listen to my show, like they're a little bit motivated and they understand, and we do generally understand this, that working out, if you can work out in the morning, we see great results from working out in the evening. Later in the day, it's a little bit more challenging. So you're under cognitive fatigue. And the first five minutes, you just don't want to run. You're in hell. You're literally, so you've created hell without like a lot of people say you know how do i prepare someone for day five of a multi-stage race well get to the end of your work week get to a friday where you've worked it could be 50 hours a week it could be 60 hours a week and then in that one hour that i'm going to get you to run home you're going to experience how much you really don't want to be there and so by creating it gets better though because after 10 minutes you start to realize that well, I've only got one option because I didn't bring my car today. I'm not getting on public transport. I've not got a bike, so I need to get home. So you say, well, I need to get to the end. And you put all your energy into the next step and then the next step. And then eventually you've taken enough steps and and you're at the end. So we're creating these situations of extreme challenges within our daily lives. And I think that's what people don't do enough. Like how many times have you had a training session where you genuinely want to stop. Like a lot of the time, and that's why having a coach is, is a really good idea because we're pushed a lot harder. Like it's good to fail sometimes in training. And again, this might sound a little bit extreme if, you've, if you're one of these people that have just got into fitness and it's taken you the world to get into it. I, I understand. But I'm also talking to you because you're trying to build, you're building mental resilience as well. And you have to, if, if, you, if you're successful in absolutely everything in your training, then you're going to go into a race and you're going to have this mindset of being, I, I don't lose, which is great, but you need to get into tricky situations and then get yourselves out of them. So do you think you need a race to develop that? No, mate, you don't. 
But what it does, racing and check-in points, you don't need a race. You could be my coach, Brian, and we could sit down and we could say, okay, like my, my event this weekend, I made it up myself. It's not monitored by anyone. It's not, uh, there's no timing chip. I won't get a medal. I, there's, it's for me, which for a lot of people is like, you're absolutely off your head. But we could, if you are my coach, we could get to a point where we could say, okay, I want to run 5K, mate. I really want to run 5K. I'm, I'm a bit overweight, but I know this is going to be my focus. So we'd agree, you're my coach, my mentor. We'd agree, like, 5K is it. I know that you're going to push me so hard in my training, and maybe you'll break me one day. And I might have a, I might have a, I might, hopefully I won't have a physical break, yeah. but I might have a mental stroke, emotional. Which tends to come way faster than a physical break. Which, yeah, you really have to be a shit coach to, to seriously, mate. I mean, yeah. you literally physically have break someone, to you physically gotta be terrible. break someone. Yeah. You know, there's so many warning signs out there and it's still happening. You know, the, what we'd call like online internet qualified coaches these days, like they'll snap people in half. And a lot of people that I see, oh, I've got chronic calf pain or chronic foot pain from running. I'm like, okay, how did you get it? Who's your coach? And when we start to understand, the coach is not qualified. So it, it takes a lot to physically break someone. But you can, I can, you can just make me run, try and run so fast in my training for that 5K that I'll break down. But you'll get me so ready, mate, that on that day that we just agree. Mate, racing is not for everyone. The medal is shouldn't be for everyone if you're on the podium I'm, I'm ready to talk to you otherwise i know medals motivate a lot of people but you don't need always a race and a lot of people will put off their goals because there's no race that they're working towards and i don't think that's right i think if you're working close enough with yourself as your own coach which is possible i'm self-coached i've been self-coached for quite a while i'm strict on myself i have some mentors that give me or some some people that i check in with that give me accountability but it doesn't need to be a race mate and this 200K thing and this 24 hours around the track, I just said to myself one day, I said, this year, by the end of the year, I want to run 200K. Yeah. And to be honest, mate, I, I thought, I'll just go out and run it in the desert. I'll just run for 200K. I take a driver with me so I make sure I'm safe and I've got my water. And then it was actually, it's, it's almost out of, I don't want to sound like a complete flog or anything like that, but it's like... What's the point in me going out and running 200K in the middle of the desert? No one's going to get inspired. No one's going to get motivated. Why don't I go to an athletics track where I can invite four-year-olds, two-year-olds, 75-year-olds, those with all their limbs, those that have been unfortunate and lost some of their limbs. I've got all sorts of different people coming down, and they can run a little bit. And I guarantee you, mate, anyone that comes down to run for one lap will run 10 laps. Anyone that comes for... I already have... I think four people are gonna that are that are on the uh, 105 by 400 diet. I love it. Like the thing is, what I love so much about those crazy distances that you do, and one of the things that inspires me so much is that I told you this when you were on the podcast for the 30 marathons yeah. in 30 days. That when I'm like, "Fuck, I got to run 20k today," I'm like, "Well, Mark has ran a marathon this morning." I'm like, "20k is not too bad." Yeah, a- and bad. I think for people listening to this, it's like. Maybe that's your 5K or your 10K. You're yeah, like, well, it's, just, it's relative. You're drawing from that. Yeah. You know, I think, I think there's so much value. And as you said, self-coach or self-setting a date. You yeah. know, I think body composition is the same. Yeah, you absolutely. know, make up a date where you want to be a certain percentage of yeah. body fat or drop dress sizes, etc. Yeah. 
But just to just to maybe wrap up one of the points there as well is like we're constantly talking as as coaches. If you read any book, self improvement books, there's millions out there. Everyone's talking about outside of the comfort zone. So what I want to just challenge people to do is train outside of the comfort zone. Don't just set a goal that's way outside of your comfort zone and expect to achieve it. In your training, you have to, going back to your original question, you have to put things in that are outside of your comfort zone. When I'm training for ultras, I'll train some of the time fasted because I know I'm going to be in a calorie deficit the whole time. And when we're in a calorie deficit on on days on end, our cognitive function is massively depleted as well. So we're not able to make, in simple terms, I'll, I'll stop trying to sound smart. <laughs> so, so smart right now. Isn't it? It's like cognitive function, compounded. You have, any other big words. Yeah. It, it, like, okay, yeah, guys. You don't feel dumb as shit when you're running. If yeah. you run. <laughs> Just to go the other if, end if of the If you spectrum. run for too long without having enough calories, you can't make decisions. Yeah. So how can we replicate that in people's training? And, you know, the point is, 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 is what I said there. We talk about being out of the comfort zone. If your training is incredibly comfortable, if you look at a week of your training that you have planned or that a coach has given you and you think you can complete it all easily, you're not out of your comfort zone. So you're not actually preparing if it's a private 5K or a private 24 hours that you've organized yourself or if it's one of these big events, you're not actually preparing to be out of your comfort zone. You're preparing to be comfortable. And that's where it's okay if in training, if you're going for one rep max back squat, you fail it. As long as you don't hurt yourself, it's okay if you fail it. It's okay if you don't hit the splits. It's okay if you don't, you know, if, if, if something in a workout, you don't do what you want to do, if you've pushed to 100%. And as a coach as well, through training peaks, I can always see it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if your heart rate's at 200 and you're not hitting, and I've put in a pace of 430 a K, I know you're trying pretty hard, but yeah. if your heart rate and, you know, and you're at 435 and you're saying, oh, coach, I didn't hit it today. I'm like, mate, it's cool. We move on. Yeah. I put that pace in for you. And this is what I'll do to people, mate. I'll put paces in that's 15 seconds, 10 seconds faster than what they should be running that split in yeah. to push them. Is that intentional? Do you want them to, in the back of your mind, hit that? Or is that just because you know, one of the um, aim for the moon, land on the stairs kind of Mate, approach. That's an amazing question. It really is. And it's, it's both. I don't know all the time what a client can do. I've got all the data and I can get as close as I can. But I know if they've woke, if they've slept good, if their stress is low, if the planets have aligned, mate, yeah. they can get it. And I always tell people, I'll program the speed that I want you to run, not that you can run now. Because it's po- that would be pointless. Yeah. You know what I mean? And people say, oh, Marcus, you told me 4.35 and that's supposed to be my 10K pace, but my current 10 pace is 4, 10K pace is 4.40. I'm like, yeah, I'm programming what I want you to do. Yeah. So it's a little bit double-edged, mate. I won't, and don't get me wrong, I'm not a complete psychopath. It's not every week because that is how you physically break your clients. What I'll do is I'll go and I'll periodize things a little bit. So people will have, and this is not only in when I'm helping people running, I do cycling as well. I still do a bit of CrossFit stuff. The body has to have a rest. But when I know, so take, for example, a client that I have here travels a lot. When he comes back from, you know, from Dubai, they go to Japan, Korea. He travels a shit ton. Now, 
I'll give him, I'll go the other way. If I know that his 10K pace, his comfortable 10K pace is 430 a K, if he's just had two weeks of brutal travel and I've given him an interval session I'll, and it's supposed to be 10K pace, I'll tell him, mate, I'm happy with 440s today. Yeah. Because I don't want to create that unnecessary pressure. So there's a certain time. Sometimes, mate, like you said, you know, shoot for the moon, hit the stars, or shoot for the stars, hit the moon, however yeah. it goes. I don't know which one's fucking further away. <laughs> yeah. Every time I say that quote, that changes every time I say it. <laughs> Isn't it? I like so it. I will sometimes, I will sometimes just go, you know what? I wonder what can, what will really happen here. And sometimes it works out good, sometimes it doesn't. The other thing though as well, mate, is that there's a lot of anxiety gets built around, okay, Brian, what's your 10K time? What's my 10K time? What's my t- Okay, don't worry, mate. We're going to test it. Monday morning, you've got a test. I've got a test. I've got a test. What are you talking about? I'm 35 years old. The, yeah. I didn't have a test since I was at school. Yeah. And we started to build this anxiety. So in coaching, it might not always be that that's a really fair test. However, if you're a good coach, and especially in running, and you can monitor people, use the data. Training Peaks tells me a lot of this information, mate. I'm not a mad scientist, although yeah. I tr- try to use cognitive and yeah. flashy yeah, words. Yeah, those like fucking that. great words. I'm like, <laughs> America's fl- here with a dictionary in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> you can see how a client is progressing. It's the same in weight training. You know, if you're one rep max back squat is 100, and suddenly you're able to squat 90 for 10 reps every minute on the minute for five minutes. Yeah. Well, I don't really need to retest your one at max. Yeah, you've got I, it from that. I know that you're, yeah. you're up there, mate. So, yeah, outside of the comfort zone, you're going to get there in events. So train outside of the comfort zone under control, but get outside of it in, in training. And I think, I really think, mate, that, that puts you in a mindset when you go into one of these races, you know you can do it. Like, you just... You just know. One of the things you mentioned there, and we've talked about how you approach your clients, and I think you're very similar to the way you approach yourself, constantly living outside that comfort zone and setting the bar slightly higher than you think you should, or if all the stairs align, Mm. this is what you should be doing. But you're someone who's nearly out the other side of that now in the sense that your automatic thinking, from what I can see and from what I know, is just fucking do it. Just get it done. Yeah. Was there a point where you made a flip of a switch and went into that thought process and mindset? Or is that something you've always had that you just nourished and developed? Or take us through a little bit on... Because this is a a hard question, mate. And it's selfish as shit. And I haven't... Apologies, I haven't prepped Marcus (laughs) at all beforehand. Um, And it's a selfish question because as somebody who's... I won't say obsessed with building a stronger mindset, yeah. but it's definitely a high-end goal yeah. on building up that mental t- toughness, that Marcus mode, build, yeah. going into that mode. Yeah. How do, uh, it's not a case of, I see what you're like in the end product, in the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. How did you get to that point? I oh. think you've got to... I think it's, it's almost like a compound effect of what I've been talking about. It's doing, doing hard training over and over. Being uncomfortable and that exposure over and over. And I think it's also a mindset. And this is what I'm going to call it the ultra mindset. Because in an ultra race, like you know this so much from the Arctic, mate. Not one thing goes wrong. A hundred things can go wrong. And you don't have a choice, in my opinion. Of course, to the public, there's a choice. You either stop or you keep going. But my ultra mindset is we'll keep figuring it out and we'll keep going. 
But that comes through experience. I remember being at school, mate, and I, ho- I really hope this sort of these different points that I'm bringing up go to help to answer this question. When I was at school, you hate failure. You hate not hitting a time. You hate being one second or a split second behind. If it's your 400 meter time, your five mile time, whatever it is. You know, and I posted something on Instagram there the other day. You know, I was at school cross country meet, 1990, epic race, snow on the ground, about two degrees, and I came second. And I was a year... There was people in that photo that the year above me, so I was, I was still a year in my prep school, which I was 12, and everyone was 13, and the guy that beat me was 13. So there was, there was a number of great factors that, in my defense, I shouldn't have actually even come second. I did very well to come second. But my, my teacher, the head of cross-country, just turned around to me and he said, train harder. <laughs> and at that point, I was like, I, I'm gutted. You know, I failed and stuff. But then you listen to it and you're like, yeah, train harder. It's finished now. So that's what I want to get to next is that if you fail the session or if you ace the session, it's done. Learn what you can learn from it and then take that forward. And you're only going to get better. Like, mate, I, I ran Marathon the Sable in 2015. So that's almost five years now. Have I become mentally stronger? Or have I had more experiences? And have those experiences... It's, it's a difficult one, mate. It's chicken and the egg, isn't it, in a way? And I know I'm not really answering the question. Oh, but keep going. I'm it's, trying to, it's helping. I'm, I, I'm, what I'm taking and what I'm hearing you say is that there's no simple answer. It's consistently yeah. putting yourself out of that comfort yeah. zone. And your ultras are your method and way of doing that. And you've just compounded that over time by continuously... Yeah staying outside of that comfort zone. Yeah, exactly, mate. And and also by, before I was, and and this, I think this comes with maturity, mate. When I was playing rugby, I was quite outspoken. I'd always have the last word. I was quite rude. I was probably quite arrogant. Maybe I am now, I don't know. But I think as time's gone on, I've toned that down a little bit. Now I'm happy just to smile at people. And that's, that's enough for me. So those, and, and that, why I use that analogy is because you become, you become more comfortable and more confident in what you're doing. The desire that I have to win things, like, and, and you have to define winning, right? If I, or sorry, when I, I've got to get my vocab right, when I run 201 kilometers this Thursday into Friday, I, I've won. I've won that battle. Because that's a goal that I have to win. And you define that. And I define it, mate. But I'm honest enough. And I've told you. And I've told everyone. And everyone that's spoken to me. I, I could just easily turn around and go, yeah, you know, we'll see how it goes. Talk Look. about language. Because you just literally did it there. Where you're like, if I run to flip when I run. Yeah. And I'm very interested in the power of language and the power of the way you speak to yourself and self-talk. Yeah. Is that, is that something you've always done or is that something yeah, that... Yeah, that's something I've been... Mate, there's two things... Because you caught that within seconds. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's two things that I'm massive on and always have been on, uh, massive on. Language, I've been huge on since I was a kid and, and I still make mistakes like I just did then. But I think we condition... Like I've told myself, and this is a great example, I've told myself and I've told everyone that's asked me that I'm going to run 201Ks. So what, I believe it, mate. 
And I could just be bullshitting myself, but I actually believe that I'm going to run 201 Ks. And I know how it splits down and I'm going to do it. So that is super, super important to me. The other thing that's important to me is body language. And it's always been important to me. You know, if you think about it, you look at an ultra runner when they're in the hurt locker, the head's down, shoulders are internally rotated, pelvis is tipped in a poor position, which, may, which brings their trunk further forward, which makes their legs not like biomechanically, we then we put ourselves in this awful position that only makes running more challenging, more energy zapping, and more emotionally stressful because all we see is the floor. And we all have done it, mate. That's funny because you, you say that in the world of ultra, there's people, listen, who walk around like that. That's what I was going to bring it back to. Exactly. It's ultra. It's life. If you want to get out of that hole, stand up. Pull your shoulders back. Pull this piece of string from your head. Pull it up. You can even tell right now I've just done that. We don't even have a video version. The whole tone of my voice has completely changed. And yeah, I've used this example before, so you could say I'm well-practiced in it. Yeah. But it's so true. He also has a little bit of a dig that we don't have the video because he's like, start <laughs> fucking video recording your podcast. I'm like, oh. My Irish tech. You can, Facebook ads, they charge me from Ireland anyway. So, yes, mate, to answer the question, words are very important. There isn't... And, you know, they became... We spoke about my crash and my marathons in a previous show, so I won't, I won't talk about that too much. But That's def- a must-listen, by the way, if you haven't listened to it. It's one of my favorite episodes. Thanks, mate. But definitely since that crash, because when I was in intensive care, I was on a lot of painkillers, drugs, whatever you want to call it, and I was in and out of sleep, and I was having these flashbacks, and I was like, what if, what if, what if? And right there in intensive care... I said to myself, I said, there's no more what if. There, there can't be a what if in life. You can't, you can't, especially on the past. Now, in the future, especially in ultra or in life, you know, okay, if we do this podcast, you know, we've spoken about my coaching services. What if 300 people contact me for coaching? Okay, well, we can worry about it, but let's worry about it when we get there. So in the future, The what if is not super important. It's irrelevant in the past. So language and the things that you speak to yourself about is super important. However, and this is where... What what was going through your head? Sorry to cut you off. That's a really interesting point. What was going through your head with the what if moment when you were lying in intensive care? What what if... Oh, yeah, mate. Simply, uh, there's two or three examples I want to give you. The first is... And I don't think we said this on your show, so it might be new content. The route that we take, the route that we took on the day that I got hit, it was a route that we've taken a million times before. Even if we did go through this, it's quite interesting. And there's a petrol station on the way, which is about after an hour of cycling. So we would always pull into the petrol station and we'd always get a coffee. Every day, mate. But on the day that I got hit, the guys only wanted a bottle of water. If we'd have had a coffee... It would have obviously taken, even if it took three seconds longer, I would have never got hit by the truck. So I was laid in hospital and going, what if, if we'd have had a coffee that day, like we've always done, I wouldn't be here half dead. And it's like, 
shit. And then you start, why didn't we have that coffee? And you start beating yourself up in a crazy way. And then I was like, then it was even worse, mate, because I got hit by a truck and then hit the wall. And as I got hit by the truck and was coming towards the wall, I, I braced for the impact and I gave the wall my shoulder. But technically speaking, I should have hit that wall with my head, mate. And if I'd have hit that wall with my head at 54 k's an hour, minimum, I'd have been paralyzed. Complete, like, it's probably not the right word to say, but I think you've all got a word for, you know, that kind of mess that you're in. Yeah. And I was like... Yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, you can see my podcast. You can my podcast. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, it's, it's, a, it's not the right word to use these days, but in previous time, we'd say, you know, that, that you'd become a vegetable. Yeah, like, you just... You become you're just, mentally retarded. You're that's totally... In the, yeah. in, in, the, in the medical sense. Correct, yeah. right. Yeah, so yeah. it is the right thing. I just don't want to yeah, yeah, offend I think, anyone. You can say that in the medical sense. That's yeah. the medical term. Yeah. So... And I'd say, I'd be like, what, what if that had happened? So not only am I, <laughs> in, in, and I don't know the painkillers they gave me, mate, not only am I trying to avoid the accident by the cup of coffee, but then I'm going to the worst case scenario and freaking myself out. And so you've I'm, gone both sides. So of I've that gone spectrum. both sides, Brian. And I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And then, and this is, mate, I was doing a talk the other day. I do a lot of public speaking and I share my story and I'm, I'm super happy that it's, it's, it changes people or helps people. I literally said to my wife, you know, she looked at me and she looked at me and she didn't even have to say it. Holly didn't even have to say it. She, 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 she was saying in, with her eyes, but you're here. Like it was like that, mate. She was, she was incredible. The more I think about it, mate, the more we could do a whole other show. It's quite funny. We could do a whole other show all about the crash and it would be completely different because I've reflected so much on it um, between when we did the initial show and now. Because yeah, it was only a few months after. Yeah, because it wasn't yeah. far. And she, her face was, and then the words came out. She was like, but none of that's happened. And then in the next breath, I literally said to her, well, I'm going to start training. <laughs> you know, and I, I said this in a talk the other day. It's totally true. And the whole room's just looking at me. And you know when someone's a bit confused? And yeah, the way the I'm looking at them now. <laughs> the head starts to go sideways and the eyes start. This is another reason why you should have a video version. The head starts to go sideways. One eye's up there, one's down there. And they're like, you know, and the picture that's on the, on the, on the screen when I'm doing this talk is I'm in intensive care. I'm all wired up and I've got oxygen in my face and all this stuff. And I just laid there and I look like I've been on the biggest night out ever. And the whole, and I've gone and I told Holly I was going to start training and everyone's just looking at me and go, huh? and then I tell them how I started training. And I really think this circles round a lot, mate, to what we're talking about, resilience and stuff. And I, I did say this before, I know I did, but my training that day, because my left hand was stuck, see, video would be great for this. <laughs> and Second, third oh, day. Third, I think. <laughs> Video's coming soon. I'm going to get it up to 10. And um, yeah, and I just turned my hand over. You know, and, and if you're at home, don't do this if you're driving. But if you're at home, just, just raise your left hand a little bit. Keep it palm down and then just rotate it so you're now palm up. And that was my training that day. And that was my training whilst I was in intensive care. And that is something right now through my marathons, through everything we're speaking about. I'll use that. Now, I don't want anyone to go through the accident I went through, mate. Don't get me wrong, but I'll use that 
But it's relative to show that it's about so your mindset regardless mate. of what happens. Of what happens, mate. I'll use that on Thursday. I'll use that one-hand rotation. And because I've reflected on it so much and I think it was so powerful in my, in my recovery, I'll use it on Thursday or Friday morning at about 4 a.m. when it, the temperature's dropped. It's dark. There's, I know it's going to... And this is the other thing about mental self-talk and the words. Like, listen, I'm telling you, I know it's going to be dark. I know it's, that's going to be the point. So on one hand, I'm avoiding this language. But on the other hand, and this is where it's a complete contrast that I think a lot of people won't understand. On the other hand, I'm, I'm, I've had this self-awareness that I know that that's where I'm weak. So I've got all these tools and that's where I'm going to apply them. Because you can't, you will not run an ultra. You will not lose one kilo or 15 kilos by telling yourself you're going to do it. That's not how it works. There's not, positive self-talk is using the right words at the right time to me. It's not when you're in hell going, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. Because that doesn't get you out of hell. Yeah, that doesn't work, that doesn't work for me doesn't, either. Yeah, exactly, mate. What, what works is, okay, right, chest up, shoulders back, head up, I'm in hell. Okay, well, that's a lot. Acknowledging where you were. You've got to acknowledge it. Yeah, I agree You've completely. got to acknowledge it, mate. And you can read, I, don't, I can't remember where it comes from. One book I've read, which I massively agreed with a few steps. But, you know, it's like acknowledge and then reject. And I love these two, mate, because it's like, yeah, I have a problem. Yeah, the paradox of that. Like, yeah, I've got this problem. But the option, like I said earlier, is to fix the problem. Some people, so in, in saying that you're going to fix the problem, you're rejecting what? You're rejecting the failure. You're not going to fail. You're going to fix this problem and get moving. Your Achilles tendon was destroyed in the Arctic. That's a perfect, perfect, like, guys, Achilles is pretty fucking important for running. <laughs> like, let's not be stupid. You know, it's almost like talking and your tongue's fallen out. Like, <laughs> you're not going to talk so well. But you rejected failure. You said, okay, I've got a problem. My Achilles is sore. It's fucked. But I'm going to make it through this. And that's what I think sometimes when people maybe haven't had exposure to the things we were talking about before, mate. It's relative exposure, though, in terms of people can get that from joining the gym for the first time or yeah. going to a CrossFit box for the first time or doing a 5K having never ran. Like, it, it's relative. Mm. It's incredibly relative, and, and you don't, that's what I'm saying, you don't, we're experiencing these things the whole time. We spoke about it t- together earlier about social anxiety, huge problem. People, you are, and folks, I know there's a load of you that listen to this handsome Irish guy's show, so I know a load of you are suffering from this. <laughs> you walk into a room, and you feel, you feel insecure. Let me tell you something, no one in that room gives a fuck that you're there. No one's looking at you. There might be one person who actually might be looking at you for because the positive reason. Normally. A, they fancy you, yeah, yeah. or B, you've got a T-shirt on that basically says to them, "You want to do business with them." But we still have social anxieties. Yeah, around gym anxiety, going to gym, a gym is such a great example. Body image, yeah. but let me tell you, no one actually. Can. I've suffered from it as well, mate. I suffered from it when I was at school because I was quite good at things at school. I was, you know, I had colors and double colors in, in all sports, at prep school especially. I was captain of all the teams except the rugby team because I told the rugby 
master to get fucked two weeks before it was selected. Sounds so like you. I'm like, anyone else tells that? I'm like, really? I'm like, oh yeah, Marcus. And I got into this position where when I, when I was going into a room, I thought everyone was looking at me. And I soon realized that no one was looking at me. But just flip that for people listening. Like when you were in a room or you're in the gym, this is what I always tell my clients and people I work with or anyone I speak to that asks me on it. I'm like, think about when you're working out in the gym. I'm like, what are you focused on? You're looking at yourself. You're focused on your form. You're focused on your body. You're focused on your image or whatever. You're not focused on the people coming in. I'm like, just flip that because that's what nearly everybody is like. You know, it's funny as well. I want to give you another analogy here for it, mate. It's like, it's the clothes that we wear. I wear, okay, today I'm going crazy because it's the weekend here in Dubai and I have a green inner fight shirt on, but I genuinely just wear black shirts all the time. And I've got maybe half a dozen inner fight black t- tank tops like this that I oh, wear. Clothing for- available on innerfight.com. <laughs> Order online, Chloe, yeah. ship, ship internationally, <laughs> and use yeah, Brian's, class, Brian's code, like we'll charge you extra. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got six of those. Okay? Yeah. So, and I wear them every day. Because I take a fresh one off the pile every single day, and I know this is totally, might be totally random, but I think it all ties in. Because I take a fresh one off the pile every day, I walk out of my house confident, and I walk into my gym confident in what I'm wearing, confident in my skin. If I've got one shirt that I wear every single day, if I can wash it overnight, would I start to feel oh, I've only got one shirt here. People are looking at me. People think I wear the same clothes the whole time. It's weird. But actually, I could have six of those shirts. I could have eight of those shirts. I've had that happen to me because I wear the same BKF or Amex t-shirt Always. every day. And you might and I've, got, I've got like seven of each of you've them. You've got seven or eight of them, mate. Mm. But let me flick it round. This is a story that we create in our own mind. I remember what you were wearing on Thursday... Only because you put a white t-shirt on and we had a talk about it. But I spoke to you for about 15 minutes on Thursday before you changed the t-shirt. And I'm not really sure what t-shirt you're wearing. And that was two days ago. So what, what does it really matter? We don't know. The last time I spoke, every time I speak publicly, I wear a black or a very dark gray t-shirt. I might have a hundred of them. We have to be... And I, I don't remember how we got onto this, but still, I in think it's a good body point. image and body, terms of, yeah. body image, yeah, and and positive self talk and yeah. confidence. That's where it came yeah. from. Just be, just be confident. No one's really watching. If you've done that work, you've done that work. If you've had that breakdown in training, you've learned from it. Just be confident in what you're doing, and walk in. As I said, use the good body language. You, uh, in the way that you'll pull your shoulders back, your chest will be up, and you're confident. Like you want to. You want to get something in life? Just go straight up to the counter, shoulders back. You probably have to play with your voice tone a little bit. Smile at the person. Speak nicely to them. Don't have aggressive. Don't be tapping your chest and ready to punch on. But in a nice way, and you'll be welcoming to them. If you're in hell in an ultra race, if you're not feeling good, just do that. Breath is another thing as well, mate. Yeah, fight for every breath is not the name of the That's documentary. That's the name of my documentary. Yeah. Another great plug. Go and watch it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> this shit is in, that, that, that's so inspiring, though. Like, I have to say, and not to completely just <laughs> take, take over on this, but 
like that was something that f- the first episode, we were, second episode, because you've been on the podcast twice before, mm. um, on the fighting for every breath before the 30 marathons in 30 days. Yeah. Like that's something that struck a chord with me and I came back to over and over again. Like yeah. it, it made me focus. No, I took something different. Funny because you right. were actually physically fighting for every breath in the sense of your life was on the line. And I remember thinking the message I got was be present in the moment. Be, be here now. Be present Mate, now. That's, a, that's one big thing. Like going back to your question a, f- a few minutes ago, that's one thing that is really huge, mate. And I've learned not only from I've, – I've learned – I read a lot of before. Urquhart told the power of now. Read that when I was actually training for, for that ultra cycling and then got a chance <laughs> – See, everything happens for a reason. Got the chance when I had my crash to really exercise what I'd read in the book. And then even more so in the, the marathons. And, you know, because if I focus on those 30 marathons, you go crazy. It's 1,650 Yeah, if you Ks. change it to one marathon 30 you, times. Yeah, and that shows, like, that's the present. We're not present enough, you know? And that's why we're always thinking about What's going to happen later? And I know people are thinking that. People are thinking when something gets tough, like how how am I going to tell my boyfriend or my girlfriend? Or again, what what are my followers going to think? Now, we've spoken a lot that we put stuff out there because it's justification and accountability and we don't, you know, you've got 80,000 followers, mate. I know you don't want to let one of them down. And I'm the same. I don't have quite as many followers, but I don't want to let anyone down. But at the same time, when I'm in that moment, when I'm struggling, I'm not really thinking about them because it's too far. It's too far removed. It's too much distraction. What are you thinking about then? Mate, I'm clearing it. I'm focusing right now. And I'm doing what we said before. I'm accepting and then I'm rejecting. And normally, mate, because it's running that we're talking about here, but we'll use a business one in a second. The one thing, and I say, I'll always say it. My dad used to say this to me a lot. What's the one thing you can do right now? And in running, in a running race, if I've still got some miles to go, is put one foot in front of the other. And it doesn't have to be run. It could be walk. It's move. It's just move. You're a little bit closer. And it's exactly the same thing. You're working on it. Like I, I know a lot of your listeners, mate, are probably into fitness, but I would imagine that 80% of them work desk jobs. You know, and fitness is something that they use to fuel their life. And I love you all for doing that. It's amazing. We know the, the, the chemical reactions. It's making you better human beings. I'll keep selling it the whole day. Just keep that fitness up. Yeah. But you're sat there and you're working on a business presentation and it's become so overwhelming. You're almost at the same point. We stop in, in ultras or have these moments because we're in the same hole that you're in. We've been looking at the same keynote presentation or excel spreadsheet that you're looking at for so long that we can't find a way around it so why not just accept it reject that it's going to beat you and then just have a look and go okay what can i do right now and that might be you know i've worked a lot in excel that might just be changing the format of the excel spreadsheet it might be even taking a break for two minutes to just take a break mind. save yeah. it when was the last time you saved it Take that small break. Go and have a walk around. That's your reset button. And that's how you're going to then come back. And we've heard this millions of times, mate. You know, you're going to come back to it differently. It's the same. In ultra, we might stop for a minute. We might even sit down on a rock, mate. That could be it. And these things that I speak about, I say move forward. But sitting on a rock 
could be your step forward for the next step. Yeah. So I know it sounds contradictory. It's one true, minute, I'm it's saying focusing on the end goal. Yes. And if this stopping on this rock right now allows me to continually put my foot in front of the other or yeah. metaphorically, whatever that yes. is. Yeah. Then, then we do it. And in the last three minutes, I haven't spoken at all about the end goal. I haven't spoken at all about submitting that Excel spreadsheet to your boss or doing the keynote presentation on stage. All we've spoken about is the now, the present. Right now, you and I are having this conversation. Okay, there's a few people walking past. Sometimes it distracts us. But I can tell you something. We've seen, I, I think there's been, I don't know, but it would be such a great experiment, wouldn't it? There must have been 50 people that have walked past. We're sat in a room that's got a glass door and there's people walking up and down to a dining room the whole time. There's maybe 50 people. I couldn't tell you if there's 50 or 200. Mate. I couldn't tell you. As soon as you said that, I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah. Exactly. You just see these things. And okay, I think if my mum walked by, because she'd probably start, you know, waving and saying, what are you two wankers doing talking <laughs> into microphones or something like that. But we've create, we've been sat here for 40 something minutes and we've, we're present because you're asking me a question and I have to answer it because I've got this microphone because I'm in the moment and because I'm focused on doing it. So all of this shit is all the same, whether we're doing a podcast looking at Excel spreadsheet, keynote, or in a race, in that moment, mate, when it's hard, and we've done it, see now, I'm taking a little bit longer to think. And then I can start talking faster and I can start delivering all the information that I've got to you and to your listeners. So we sort of slowed things down because some, we lost our track of thought. I lost my track of thought and you put me back on it. Yeah. I cr we created it. Sit on the rock. That's actually moving you forward. And by, it's like you said, with the Excel spreadsheet, maybe you just need to go for a two-minute walk. You're not losing that time, you know? Well, we if say, you're staring for 20 minutes versus yes. a two-minute walk and come back and get right back on it's it. It's way more productive. Way more. And we've seen this. We see this a lot in racing as well, especially in these longer things, you know. People will go a little bit slower, and it's almost like, you know, you'll see the scores at the end, and you'll be like, but that guy was running super slow. And... He's only five minutes behind me. It's like, yeah, because he ran super slow the whole the day. Whole way. He didn't go up and down. He went, yeah, you went really hard mm -hmm. and then you had to have that rest. So what do you do in the moment, mate? You, you well, people do that with their diet all the time. Can I just, because you, you made such a great point there that one of the things I see regularly with people with their diet is January, New Year's, you'll see this in New Year's yeah. as well. So does everyone in the fitness industry. Like New Year, New Me, it's like, oh, I need to diet now. And it's like, right, they go from zero in the gym or once or twice a week in the gym to five, six, seven days a week in the gym, going from eating too much food and drinking to no alcohol, zero calories, little food, yeah. and then they can't sustain that. I'm like, that's the same as sprinting at the start of a 200-kilometer yeah. race. Absolutely. I'm like, that's great. You can go fast you want, but your end goal is to get to the end of the 200 kilometers. Yeah. Your end goal is to look this way. Yeah. I'm like, sometimes it's taking that slow and steady wins the race approach yeah. in whatever your goal is. Yeah. You know, and by all means, prepare for sprints because at times there's going to be... You're going to have to. You're going to have to, <laughs> yeah. By all means, go for it. Yeah. But But... Always keep the end in mind. I didn't mean to cut over, but no, just I wanted mate, to tie that back because it's right. such a great point. It's true as well. Like, and that's where I think our industry and, and is, is getting people to think very short-sightedly. People, and mate, I know you have some 12-week programs, so I don't want to slash you to pieces, yeah. but everything that's been marketed at us at the moment or to us at the moment is a 
short-term solution to a long-term issue. Your health is a long-term issue. I'm 41, just coming up, a couple of weeks' time. I want to do this. Youngest ever fucking (laughs) 41-year-old, Christ. I want to do this stuff when I'm, you know, when I'm 101, mate. It's not, but we're we're marketed at short-term solution. If you lose 500 grams a week, you're going to lose two kilos a month. You're going to have lost 24 kilos in a year. Just put that into some perspective. And flip it on the negative side. Exactly. So if it takes you the whole of this year to lose that weight, and you know that's why I think it's important that we speak to that population as well because I know a lot of people are 10 to 15 to 20 kilos overweight. Just give me, let's forget about 2019. It's almost done. This might not even come out till 2020. 2020 is the year that you make a lasting change. And we've seen it, we've seen it a lot recently, different ways of training come into the stratosphere, different diets come into the, into the industry as well. The average time that people spend on those diets and those training systems is somewhere between four to eight weeks. They, in a lot of cases, unless it's something like, I think your, one of your Gaelic football programs is about 12 weeks, mate, and yeah. that's different because it's for performance No, just, just to kind of give context as well, because the, the programs that I have, the phase one and phase two run for 12 weeks, but the entire coaching element is to set up sustainability for the right. six to 12 months. Right. Like uh, that, anyone that ever comes through my program that is in need of a quick fix, I send them elsewhere and go, this program isn't for you. for you. I'm trying to set you up right now on the right foundation. Yeah. So then in six months time, you're sending me another photo or a message on how you're doing yeah. because we set you up on the right foot over the 12 weeks just to, yeah, yeah, to give content. And that's not a sales pitch on my side because no, I send people away all the time that yeah. aren't in that model. Yeah. But just if you're looking for a program with me, with Marcus, with Inner Fight, with whoever, any coach in your gym, that should always be the approach. If somebody's yeah. saying we're going to get you from here to there in four to six weeks with no exit strategy or no sustainability element, you shouldn't probably take that regardless of what time of the year you're listening to this, whether it's New Year's or November. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's, it's absolutely true. And, you know, that, that's why it's, it's, it's long-term. Like, you want to be able to run well you want to be able to live well you want to be able to play with your daughter like holly's only five now but she's gonna be she's gonna be seven and then she's gonna be eight nine ten and she's gonna get heavier and she's gonna get more energetic and you're gonna get a little bit older and i know damn right because i've seen it with my parents and we've all seen it with our parents hopefully we they want to beat us they want to, you don't want her running rings around you when she's 13, mate. Like, especially if her mates are around, that's going to be downright embarrassing. So it's this Unless long... she's a phenomenal athlete and then I'll be like, <laughs> yeah. all right, cool. That's no, awesome. it's all right. Okay. Yeah, that's I, cool. I, I hands up, work. hands up. No, I'm joking. I gave you my genetics yeah. and you've done well, sweetheart. <laughs> but this is, this is the thing, you know, it, it's with, with general health, it, it has to be longer. And all of the stuff that's coming out now and, you know, I'm in the industry and we have it. You know, I'll have people coming into the gym. I'll have two people come in the gym and they'll join within the first couple of weeks and one of them will stay and they're there five years later and then the other one will come back five years later and they look exactly the same as they were on the first day because they've left and they've come back and they've left and they've ducked in and out. And it's exactly the same. Consistency is the key. Consistency in the approach that we take to things. Like, that's why it's so easy to take the lessons that you and I have learned, Brian, in, in Ultra, and I really think it's unique. Like, you learn things in Ultra that you just... When I first started looking at Ultra, I was just like, 
I know there's something here, but it sounds too ridiculous. And, and the thought of, I just was never motivated by it. But the more that you break it down and the more that, like we've spoken for hours about it and then we're easily able to put it back into spreadsheet, to keynote, to, to waking up every morning to life. And that's what's super exciting about these things because you don't, you, every single skill that we learn, got to be careful here, unless it's like something like computer programming, which I'm sure it is transferable in some way, shape, or form. But all of the skills that we're learning, if we think with an open mindset, are transferable into these different areas in our life. But sometimes we're too driven in one, in one silo, if you like, that we forget to apply it into other areas. The domain dependence. Yeah. There's, a, there's an amazing line um, from the Ninja Master. I can't remember his, um, the book, the, his, his name, but the Book of Five Rings. Right. And he's got a quote in there that when you see greatness in one, you see it in all. Right. Meaning that if you can build up mental toughness or build up confidence or build up strength in one area of your life, it transfers over. Yeah. And what you mentioned there about the ultra, it transfers over into my speaking. It yep. transfers over into my podcasting, my coaching. Yep. Because if you can get greatness or get whatever your version of that is yep. in one thing, you see it in all. Yeah. Like how much confidence does doing something like Marathon to Saab or running a marathon or whatever yep. it is, when you're not sure you can do it, yeah. it makes you challenge limitations everywhere. Yeah. If you open your mind and don't have that domain dependence of, you know, just because I'm successful here. Like yeah. every, anyone that's ever competed in ultra or competed in a bodybuilding show or a bikini show and done decently well in terms of they hit their end goal, I'm like, you could do well in business. Yeah. I'm like, you have yeah. a skill set. You've done something. You, you, it's that exact same focus yeah. that you take and you apply elsewhere. Yeah. You know, I, I think the same thing with raising my daughter. It's like yeah. the things that make me successful in business and make me successful <laughs> in fitness. It's like goal setting. What do you want to do with her? You know, how, what kind of person do you want to turn out? Even down to things like you respect time, mate. Yeah. You respect time. That's how you've built a successful business. You respect time. So it's no, it's no surprise at all that when I saw you stand on the stage here the other day, you say Saturday is for my daughter yeah. and nothing gets in the way of it. Nothing. You know, and people are, people, I saw the pe reaction for people. People are like, yeah, but yeah, I get what he's saying, but some, there is no sometimes. Yeah. There is no excuse because you've built that. You, yeah, you, you've built it, mate. And it, and it all just, it moves from one silo of life to the other the more that you think about it. And we see it, mate. We coach hundreds of people, not too many, but we've, we've done a few hundred people, 5Ks, 10Ks, ultras, CrossFit, marathons, uh, triathlons, blah, 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 blah. They then start to make moves in their work life. Tom Martin was telling me about one of your clients that he was working with who yeah. was really unhappy, was smoking yeah. 20, 30 cigarettes a day, was massively overweight. And he was like, look, I'm going to introduce you to my friend Marcus at Inner Fight. Yeah. And he said he went from being a miserable, like his word was like miserable cunt. Yeah. Like from a miserable cunt, like yeah. giving out to everybody about everything in yeah. every area of his life to several months later, having been in the Inner Fight, working with yeah. you and your team to being, oh my God, the happiest person. He's, he's like, it's like two different people. Two different people. And you know, it might realize that your job's not for you. Another great example, mate, I had a guy who was 197 kilos. Now, now listen, if you're 50, and I know I'm speaking to the same population here again, and I don't know how many of those are the listeners, but I'm trying to help everyone, and a lot of people are suffering from, from overweightness. Yeah, we have a, we've a uh, huge scale on this podcast yeah. from, from people that are 
a couple of hundred pounds of a weight to ultra endurance athletes. Right. It, it, it's a huge. So anyway, so yeah. we might we might be hitting them here. And this guy's 197 kilos, and he came in and he sat in the chair, and he literally couldn't sit on a chair. He was sat on a couch, and he's talking, and I was listening, but I was also thinking, what the fuck am I going to do with this guy? And he was talking, and I was listening and talking and listening, and I'd ask a few questions as you do, you know, qualifying him, so to speak. And I said to him, I said, I really think you can do this. And he looked at me a bit weird. And I said, you know what? I said, how much do you weigh? And he's like 197 kilos. I said, holy shit, mate. You've worked hard to get that fat. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I had this moment, mate. And I'm like, you've worked hard. Like, it's been difficult. You've eaten until you want to be sick. You've woken up and you've felt like shit for years. You've struggled to get in and out of cars. You've struggled to get laid. You've struggled to make friends. You've struggled to buy clothes. And he's just looking at me like I'm literally, mate, like I've taken some drugs. But you think about it, mate. That's such a great perspective to give somebody, though, as soon as you said that. You think about that. And I said to him, I said, mate, your, your work ethic is like nothing I've ever seen before. What you and I have to figure out is how we flick that switch to the right choices, to getting up, to getting to training, to suffering in the training, to instead of eating so that you're in so much pain, you're going to go to the pain of training. You're going to go to the pain of not having as much food. And it's the same. The average person who's overweight is 15 to 20 kilos overweight. That's my stat. I don't know if it's for real. Google it, whatever. That's what's happening. You guys have worked hard. It must feel shit waking up and not doing a backflip out of your bed. Like, mate, literally. I I really feel for people that don't wake up in the morning and are literally just going, fuck yeah, this is it. Because I wake up pretty much 28 out of 30 days going, fuck yeah, this is it. It must be an awful thing. It must be awful not feeling good but after you're you. you're flipping that completely. Like you're flipping? We're just going to yeah. flip it around, Same mate. situation, same. Yeah. This is, but you're flipping the, you've put in this work ethic. It must be shit to feel like this. And yeah. most people in that position are like, yeah, you're like, cool. Let's fucking let's turn it, it around yeah. now. And, and there's going to be people that listen to this now and are going, no, no, that's not how it works because I'm used to doing, and this is the negative self-talk that we go through. Yeah. They're going, no, I'm used to doing bad things. I need to do good things. And he's, yeah, but you do these bad things so well. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's take the bad things, flip the bad yeah. things, and keep the so well aspect of it. Mate, it's, honestly, you, you said to about a bloke earlier that was smoking and drinking. Some of my best clients used to smoke and drink. And, mate, they were good at it. They yeah. were so That's good why they're fucking they're, good at training that, now. And now they're good at training. Yeah. And that's what people say to me. They're like, have you ever smoked? Well, no. Have you tried it? Yeah, I tried smoking. It tastes awful. And you know what? I was scared of it. Because if I was going to smoke, I'd be at least on 40 a day. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what um, I mean? No, like, no you, halves on it. You, like you, I would be all in. Because, and it comes back to what you were teaching the other day and to what I try and tell everyone. You have to be so comfortable saying yes. And at the same time, saying no. You have to be so, so comfortable. It's the same walking into a room. You're comfortable in your own skin. You have to be super comfortable that yes and no. And you'll get it wrong. You'll definitely get it wrong at some stage. Not every no, not every, I mean, you say no to a lot, mate. 
I try and say no to a lot, but sometimes I go to stuff and Holly says, how was it? I said, uh, it was shit. She said, "You knew it was Holly, his wife, not my daughter." Just to, <laughs> just to give everyone context, there's she doesn't uh, the, question your, yeah. your daughter doesn't question me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's coming, but you know, you, you just have to be. You're going to do everything with conviction. We're all good at some things. Overweight people are very good at feeling like shit. We can change all of that round, mate. And yeah. all of these things, everything that we've been speaking about, all ties in because this is all just a state of mind. It's just looking at, you know, the, the, the oldest analogy we could use. It's just, it's glass half empty, glass half full, mate. Like I look at a fat person and I look at the potential. Yeah, I agree. And I always, one of the things I see with someone that's overweight in the gym, and I, I always feel, say feel bad, but when overweight people are afraid to go into the gym, I'm always like, that's the best place you could be right now. Yeah. I'm like, you've made the decision, you're not happy, and you're in the place that yeah. can help get you to where you want to be. I'm yeah. like, don't feel bad about yeah. that. I'm like, you're in, it's the same. We talked earlier on your podcast about people going for counseling with anxiety, yeah. etc. Yeah. I'm like, shit. I'm like, stop giving a fuck what everybody thinks. Yeah. Stop caring about everyone's opinion and figure out where do you need to be, who do you need to be with, who do you need to be working with, yeah. or where do you need to be to get to this level or become this person. But I'm like, that's cool. It's funny, isn't it, mate? Because... If we look at social media, which again, we're, we're in that ecosystem, we're a massive part of that world. Everything we see on social media, it's like no one's fighting the battles that you're fighting. Completely fucking true. So stop caring if you're going and doing something that someone else isn't doing. It's like we spoke about the stigma and all this stuff around counseling. It doesn't matter because I'm not you and you're not me. If that's so what you need, that's, that's what you what do. If that's what you need, then you're going to go and do it, mate. And all of this ties into the whole thing of creating this resilience and building. You, you've, we've, we've all got an incredible mindset, but it's, it's almost like um, these guys that tune. I don't know if you've seen this, mate, but noise, noise healers. They think that we, our frequencies of sound in our body are out of whack. And you go back to them and, or you go and see these therapists. I've seen one. It's crazy. And they try and, <laughs> they try and tune your, your, your frequency, yeah. you know, and they, they test you. That's all that we're doing here. We're trying to just bring those things back in whack. So if you feel like you're mentally weak, I can prove in certain situations in life that you're not. You know, no, I mentor and quite a lot. Anchoring those as strengths to, and yeah. using them as reference points for when somebody's struggling in another area. Correct. The only problem is, mate, is that sometimes people get, and, and, and I know that you've seen this, people get so down and there's so much what is the opposite of what we were talking before about positive self-talk. There's so much negative self-talk. It's hard to see what's good. And that's when you need help. You just need help because people, and people just not understand the great things that are going on in life. You and I, luckily, mate, or it's not luck. Luck's bullshit. You know, it's, it's, it's nothing about luck. You've created where you are. I've created, I'm happy to be here because it's one of the best things I could be doing right now in my life. It genuinely is, you know, and, and we're living now and we're living this moment. But that's because we've chosen to, to do it. People have chosen to be where they're at. It's just sometimes those choices are a little bit bad and we've got to figure out okay you can make choices 
Like, you can all still make decisions. It's just you're not making the right ones the whole time. And then we start to, to build up and, and out. And that's where people really need to sometimes, and you generally do, mate, whether it's a friend. Loved ones don't work. I can't coach my wife, Holly. Yeah, I, like I, the, you'll I, never I, be a prophet I, in your just, own land as yeah. the, the old saying, like you can't, you like just, my old man's overweight, like, yeah, you know, you, and can't. My, you just, you, yeah. family members, different, I have, different. I have groups. issues, mate. I mean, you know, my, my, my sister is a, is, is a great example. She was struggling a few years ago, uh, overweight, not active enough. She just had two kids, great excuse, not acceptable, blah, blah, blah. And I said, easy, you start with one of my coaches tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. And she came and now she's turned her whole life around. You know, you, you, it, it's difficult. You need to pick the right people. Yeah. And this is another great thing because, you know, we, <laughs> end of the day, you and I both do make money out of coaching people or setting up coaching systems and helping and mentoring people. You guys that are listening as potential clients of either mine or Brian's or any other trainer out there, you need to start to qualify your coaches as well. And to make sure that you're on the same page. And if you like what I've said, give me a shout. If you like what Brian says, keep listening to his podcast, give him a shout. But you need to make sure that you've got someone that doesn't just have a really sexy Instagram or a nice feel from Instagram. You've actually aligned on, and we were talking about this with our coaches last week, like expectations. What do you expect from me? Like we've done this show before, so we just started recording. But I remember the first show we did, mate, we spoke for about five minutes before and what were we doing? We were just aligning on expectations. I think I was interviewing you or any which way around. And you were telling me that's where we're going to go. And I said, yeah, I'll talk a lot. And if you want me to stop, then just cut over me. And, you know, now we know how to talk. But we align those expectations. And all of these... And at the beginning, it's very important. It's different after a certain point because you know the other person. Yeah. But up front. But I think that goes for a friendship, a podcast, everything. a relationship, everything. It's aligning those expectations on the front end. Yeah, absolutely. It is mate and i think often we don't do that and it goes pretty much all the way back to the start of this show where you're asking me you know okay how do we get out of this what do you think positive self-talk what is it how does it work it's all just taking a moment we're we're busy mate like we're sat here your phone's just lit up you know it's it's, it's my mom (laughs) (laughs) exactly which is a good excuse but we're busy and we're distracted and we don't take this time to sit back and think You've probably had it with clients, and I get it a lot with clients. And just this year, and this is something I really want to share with people, I've really changed my my strategy a lot with my phone to a point where my phone never lights up. Whenever I go to my phone, and again, if we had the video version, it'd be awesome, there are zero notification bubbles on my phone. With the exception of of, of my mom, she's actually the only one that can reach me directly on the phone. Exactly, and you can do that now on these phones. Holly can call me. Actually, my phone can ring. Okay, I should have it on do not disturb, but my phone can ring. But the amount of times I'd go to my phone and I'd just be there and, and I'd go to, and this is an example I've used in a lot of my talks, like how often do you go to your phone to send John a message? 15 minutes later, you put your phone down and you're angry at yourself because you haven't done what you wanted to do and you've forgotten that you were going to send John a message. We're distracted a lot of times, so we don't take this time to have a conversation like this. Literally, guys, if it means getting a fake mic and finding a friend like I've got in Brian. <laughs> and like this, this conversation is therapy for both of us, mate. Yeah. It really is. It's helped me. I've got a big event in a week. It's helped me to talk about it. I know that I've got responsibility to 100,000 people that listen to your show. I've spoken about it to you. More than that, mate, I've spoken about it to myself. 
and I've had this opportunity to, you've asked me great questions. It's almost like, it's almost like a therapy session because you've asked me these awesome questions to pull these answers out of me. And people, again, if they saw the video version of this, they'd <laughs> see that some, <laughs> five, <laughs> they'd see that some of the questions you've asked me, I've sort of, I've been looking up out the top right hand corner of my eyes, which means I'm thinking. Like, that's the basis of body language. You know, I can tell you exactly what the top right-hand corner of this room looks like because you've made me think. It's very nice, actually. Yeah, I just have to look at it. I'm like, that's a fucking lovely little corner. But how often, the takeaway from that, what I've just said there is, how often are we really doing that? Next week, in, in 10 days' time, I've got a lot of people going into an event, UT, UTBO man, uh, UTMBO man. It's going to change their life. They're going to have hallucinations. They've never had them before. Crazy ultra for anyone unfamiliar with that event. Just Google UTMBO, man. It is literally... It's the one that Tom Martin was talking about on a podcast, um, uh, developing the fuck-up mindset and going 48 hours without sleep. I think it's the title of that episode. Yeah, it's crazy. Show notes. Link will be in the show notes. I'm also a podcast host. I know how to do these things. (laughs) Um, But their training, mate, in the next 10 days is a 30-minute walk on their own. If you want to listen to a podcast, listen to a podcast. If you think you want to listen to a book, listen to a book. My advice is just go and walk and think. I've now got to get them in this mindset. They've been bang, 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 training peaks. Marcus says run up this mountain. Marcus says sleep. Marcus says this. Okay, I've got to go to work. Marcus then says this. You know what I mean? Bang. Now, in the last couple of weeks, and we do a little bit of self-reflection as we go through, but generally in the last few weeks, because I've got to get them to run the race on the day. If I get them too fired up before, they're too ready. So these sessions come in a little bit more closer to race day. Go out, think about it. And I'll have a meeting with them about a week before, and I'll really start to fire them up. And I'll really start to give them some things to think about. And I'll be loud and they'll sit there, and they'll be shivering, and they'll have their, the, the hair on the back of their necks will be up, just like it was when you were at school. Remember when you played at school, and you loved the sportsmaster that briefed you before the game? We've all got our favorite one, right? You're thinking of yours now. I can see how your eyes are working. Everyone's thinking, and you can feel it right now. Like right now when you're listening to this, you can feel how that felt. You can see the changing room. You can feel it if it was cold. You know the bloke, John, David, Peter, Paul, whoever was sat next to you. You can feel the shoes, the boots, those old school boots that you used to wear. And this master is saying things and every single thing he's saying, you are just getting more and more fired up. That's because you've taken the time you're listening and you're in the moment. And that's what we've got to do to ourselves. And that's how, that's how you really get in the zone and you go out, mate, and you, you bulletproof. Why can, why can people walk on fire? Your feet burn exactly the same as mine. I'm not massive at walking on fire, but I think it's a good example right now because they get so fired up. Tony Robbins, you've been to him. Epic. Like it's just so much because he makes you think. He makes you reflect. He talks, he's loud, the music's pumping. Yeah, that's all part of it. We even had the conversation the other day. Like, I'm not into jumping around, bro. Yeah, that's not my thing. I, I, I'm like, jam. give me the tactic and strategy at the business mastery. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I wouldn't go to the UPW if I got a free ticket. Yeah. I'd be like, I, I'd like, 
I love Tony's stuff. Books yeah. are great. But I'm like, I, I'll jump around at home if I want to jump around. Yeah, I'm like, we, we, but that's self-awareness on some people need that. What rah, rah, yeah, they need the, like, uh, we're quite motivated people by yeah. nature. It's not something we struggle with. So we're going to benefit more from an Eckhart Tolle, a power of yeah. now, uh, calm, like going against our personality type and working on our weakness. Yeah. So just to you know, kind of yeah. jump in on that. But you need to have these... That, so I spoke a lot there, and, and I know it's a couple of different things. You need to create this time of... It is it's disengagement, but focus. You know, And that's why I say, and that's why I said to it, if it's listening to a song as they go out on these half-hour walks... If it's listening to an audio book, whatever it's listening to, it could be something religious. It really just gets us in that zone. Like you said it, mate. You always run listening to something. Yeah. That's cool. I think, it, I think listening to stuff when you're running is for people that can't be alone with their thoughts. But that's a whole different podcast. Yeah, yeah. But Maybe. You know. that, was, that, was <laughs> that could be me as well. Let's, let's, let's call it a fucking spade the, a spade. <laughs> the Kenya race, actually, going back to it, you're not allowed to wear headphones. Yeah, you're not. I didn't wear any headphones in Marathon de Saab or Ar- the you? Arctic. Uh, Marathon de Saab on the long day yeah. for about half of the long day. Uh, none in the Arctic. No, really? sure, uh, it was too cold. Anyway, the headphones wouldn't work. Really? Yeah, you couldn't take your phone out. None of them. Like Nothing. I got a GoPro because I was supposed to record some of it for a mini documentary. Yeah. And the GoPro went dead after like an hour because of the cold. Too cold. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. So so you couldn't. It wasn't even an option. Um, wow. So yeah, no. It's just that. We talked earlier, my hatred for running is so severe. I'm like, I need something that just completely takes my mind Distract out of it. You, yeah. yeah, and fuck, it's, it's the Interfight podcast I listen to, <laughs> so you should be fucking grateful, you cunt. <laughs> Sorry, boss. <laughs> but no, Marcus, mate, I, I fucking love these conversations, and I'm so glad yeah, we get good. to capture them. Um, we're going to wrap it up here because... This is one I'm going to listen back to again because I just love the way you think. I love your mindset. You, I love the way you approach things. As I said, Marcus Mode is something that I reference and use myself. It's what I need to get into when I'm running through the Arctic and doing ultramarathons because it's just a fucking show no weakness. Inner yeah. fight. He's wearing this t-shirt now, which is <laughs> inner fight, show no weakness. And that philosophy is something that supports me and serves me massively. So thank you so much for no, that. No, mate. Thanks Ma- a lot. Before we wrap up, tell people where's the best place for them to connect with you and I'll link it all in the, the show notes. The easiest thing is uh, over on my Instagram, mjd underscore smith. I, we were talking about this the other day. You've got 80,000 followers. I've got almost 20,000. We both reply to every single DM that we get. And I think that's the most important thing. And if I had a million followers... I'd figure out a way to do that as well because I think it's super important. So, And I thank all of your listeners, mate, that have contacted me, that have reached out and said hi. And like you always say, just, you know, it, it gives us so much motivation as guys that, you know, we're just two guys sat in a room speaking into a couple of mics. We've got a computer here and we're going to put it on the interweb. And we just, it's so motivating when we see people. And it's not to try and get bigger reach and all that stuff. I can, I can get that in another way. But if you like the show, just message us privately and tell us if you really like it and you want to share it with your friends just screenshot the show put it somewhere or just direct message it to your whatsapp groups because honestly one person and we were talking about it this morning when, when i was chatting to you like if i get one person saying that that was an awesome show and it changed my life or when i do a talk you just changed my life like that is like it's like the biggest drug i've i can ever have like it's just phenomenal and and you know we're in a lucky position where all you guys are listening so you know and please just create that time and just go and do things that you might fail at because 
you know, it's going to make you better. And Brian, mate, you've asked me some wicked questions today. We yeah. got quite deep on a few other yeah, things it was as well. Fucking and awesome. And for everyone listening, because Marcus is one of my most requested guests back on every time he comes on. Um, so this is for you and everybody else, you that's listening. Uh, one of my favorite people on the planet, Marcus. Thank you so much. Thanks, bro.